0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr and you are Locked On Reds. How are you doing? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm coming to you. I'm recording this episode right now. They're in the bottom of the second inning in Dodger Stadium. Tyler Malley on the mound for the Reds. The Reds are down 1-0 at the moment And obviously, you're not listening to this live, so I'm not going to be giving you live updates, but um, one of those things that I learned a lesson after recording, after a late night game on the West Coast, the day after that is kind of interesting. You kind of have to really get that sleep back, and it's hard to do. So, not every late night game I'll have a recap afterward. I'm going to focus more on the recap for Thursday's podcast. I'm going to take a look at Tuesday night's game as well as Wednesday afternoon's game. But we will get to a couple of different topics here that I want to talk about. Before we get to that, make sure you are subscribed on all your different podcasting Apps like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. Also check us out on social media at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three F's. And go over to LockedOnReds.com where we've got all kind of great content from our team of writers. Dave Pemberton just had an article posted up looking at the season up until the point the Dodgers series began. And then also a look at the bullpen by Clay Snowden. Definitely check both of those out. Speaking of the bullpen, I do want to lead off with this before we jump into everything. I, there's been a lot of talk about Rysell Iglesias and, you know, it's kind of fluctuated where his first couple of appearances were pretty bad. And then he had a couple of good ones. And now he had the rough one last night where Jack Peterson hit the walk off two run bomb off of him after Iglesias walked the lead off hitter in the bottom of the ninth inning. And, Mark Sheldon had an article, he talked to Iglesias for a moment about his early season struggles, and Iglesias was actually pretty forthcoming in what he thought was going on. He mentioned that he had been working on all of his other pitches and hadn't really put the same kind of attention to his slider, his main out pitch, that he typically does. So maybe that's something that he refocuses on and regains that mojo. And then in the other world of sliders, let's talk about a slider that is just killing it. Robert Stevenson, he is the talk of the town. There's a great piece on redreporter.com about what Robert Stevenson is doing with his slider. Mark Sheldon referenced it. There's, I believe, a post on Red Lake Nation. It's just all over the place. Bob Steve's renaissance in 2019 is due to the dominance of that slider, and he's just getting it all over the zone, just striking guys out, making a miss. It's been phenomenal to watch thus far. Let's hope he can continue that success. And speaking of trends, when it comes to the early season in 2019, this is kind of what I want to start with tonight. Tonight, we're going to have some different segments and things like that, since we don't I'm recording during the game, but with the trends and small sample size, right? You're going to hear that a ton until probably about June, maybe in the middle of May. But as for right now, it's a tiny sample size, but right now the Reds just hate the first inning. They hate trying to pitch in it, trying to get out of it. They've allowed more runs in the first inning than any other inning. They've allowed... Ten runs in the first inning, you know, combined for the season coming into tonight's game, and then they gave up another run in the first, so now it's eleven. And they're they're giving up the most hits in the first inning. They've given up three home runs in the first inning. It's more than any other inning. So it's like, man, can you just can you get out of the gate unscathed? Can you get to the bats? You know, when when you're at home or something like that without handing them a deficit. And in Tyler Malley's case, especially, Joel Luckup had a tweet where he said that Tyler Malley has yet to pitch with anything other than a zero in the Reds' scoring column. He's gotten absolutely zero run support. That's not an exaggeration. Literally, no runs have been scored in any of his starts this season. He's had only just a few but he's had some really good ones and it's something that will be something to watch in the coming weeks because Mally, as a lot of people are starting to talk, and I kind of approached this idea a little bit on Tuesday's episode, Mally is making a case to stay in the rotation whenever Alex Wood is healthy and ready to return to the big league rotation. And what is something that, you know, the the Reds are far more analytically driven than they've ever been. So maybe they overlook this sort of thing, but his success when it comes to the record, and this is why pitcher wins is such a goofy stat, is based on the fact that no one has scored any runs for him while he's pitched. And it'd be nice to see him get some run support because he's had it working, man. And even in the first inning tonight, the reason that the Dodgers scored a run was because there was a runner on first and third and two outs. And a ground ball was hit to Derek Dietrich up the middle. Dietrich gloved it, but looked like he was off balance with his footing and not sure what to do with it. So he tried to like backhand flip to Jose Peraza at second base. Well, Kike Hernandez was already safe at second before the ball even got there so it was a bad decision he should have went to first because he made that bad decision the runner on third ended up scoring and that's why Tyler Malley wasn't able to make it out of the first inning without giving up a run in fact the very next batter Tyler Malley struck him out on three pitches so he's still pitching really well and he's, he's doing really well here in this third season. It'd be nice if they give him some run support. I do want to talk about one of my favorite topics. And it pertains to the Reds. I'm going to talk about food at Great American Ballpark in just a moment. But before we get to that, make sure that you check out Locked On MLB. Hosted by Sully Baseball. It's a great look around the league. He talks to different hosts of Locked On podcasts for each team. I believe he's had the Dodgers host on the Rangers host on different things like that. It's a great way to keep up with other teams that we won't see a lot and maybe not even at all from the Reds perspective. And it's nice to keep up with them throughout the season. So check out lockdown major league baseball. It's available on all major podcasting apps with which you can get the lockdown Reds podcast. Let's talk a minute about BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has an introductory offer for the Locked On Reds listeners. You just go to BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, and enter promo code MLB for a free introductory offer. You just pay $5 in shipping, and it gets sent straight to your door. What BlueChew is is a generic form of Viagra. It has the same, you know, the same uh, active ingredient as viagra and cialis and it's in a chewable form so it works faster it's the kind of thing that if you want a performance boost in the bedroom it's going to get you what you want in a quick way that's bluechew.com enter promo code mlb for a free introductory offer bluechew.com is a sponsor of the locked on roads podcast and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode this is the Locked On Reds podcast on a Wednesday. I'm recording during the game that is happening Tuesday night as the Reds are at Dodger Stadium. And as I was gushing about Tyler Malley's pitching, he gave up a home run to Jock Peterson, a two-run homer. Now the Reds are down three to nothing in the bottom of the second inning. So Jock Peterson continues his revenge for the 2015 home run derby, and the Reds trail three-nothing in the bottom of the second. But enough of that, let's talk about food. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Everyone has told me about the wonderful ad with which we do for Blue Chew and how the first couple of reads that I had were interesting. And I thought I might play with that a little bit uh, and talk about food instead. We're not talking about Blue Chew, we're talking about food. When it comes to food at the ballpark, that is probably, other than what's happening on the field, definitely the thing I'm the most passionate about. We're talking. About, I've talked about FryBox in the past, and I've gotten some response on Twitter. Different people going to FryBox. I definitely appreciate that. We got to keep them going, keep them in the ballpark because they've they've definitely got a great operation going there. I've been to the Smokehouse this season. Tried the new smoked tri-tip sandwich. Not as much a fan of it as I was when I tried it in San Diego. But one thing that really, I mean, it goes hand in hand with baseball is hot dogs. What is the best hot dog at Great American Ballpark? I mean, you know, a lot of people would say the Coney from Skyline. That's a good one. Some would say the Nathan's hot dog, you know, nice and classic, just and you know, probably the cheapest option on the menu unless uh, we're talking about the Kroger meal deal, which I, I actually haven't tried that. I'm going to have to try that one time. But really, and, and I make sure just about every game, I'm getting, there's a reason that I'm a uh, portly fellow, but one of the staples that I try to get each and every game is a big red smoky. You just cannot go wrong going over to a Porkopolis and getting a big red smoky. You get the peppers, the onions, the sauerkraut. I mean... We're six days away from the next Reds home game. I don't know if I'm going to be down there on Tuesday. I want to try and make it to one of those games against the Braves next week, but I'm definitely going to get me a smoky when I go down to the ballpark. It's just one of the best things to eat while watching a baseball game. Without a doubt, that's my favorite. The Brat and the Met are right up there. I'm telling you what, if you want to set your mouth on fire at the ballpark, get a hot Met. If you haven't had a hot met lately from the ballpark, definitely do yourself a favor and get it. Make sure you got something to drink too. Make sure you get you a nice cool beer or something like that. I hesitate to say that, you know, I got like a favorite beer or something like that when it comes to watching the game because probably the most subjective thing there is is taste for beer for alcohol that sort of thing and you know some people don't have it some people don't want it some people stay away from it and that's totally cool but when it comes to beer my favorite my go-to last year was the local brew taft they had um i think it was a it was like a key lime ipa or something like that which i know you know craft beer and all that stuff some folks kind of recoil at that but they talk about Taft's Nellies—that was my jam last season. This season, I checked out—they got Kona Big Wave on tap. Kona—that's um, a—that's a beer from Hawaii, I think it is. So you know, you get a taste of island living there with your big red smoky while you're at the ballpark. Just a phenomenal pairing there, but. You know, just wanted to talk about food for just a moment. I'm a little hungry right now just thinking about all that good stuff. But like I said, six days away, the next homestand at Great American Ballpark, the Reds will have the Braves in. And we'll talk more about that as that series nears. But now looking, and before I end today's podcast, I want to take a look around the NL Central. When we're looking at the other teams in the division, Milwaukee currently leads. They've got a 12-6 and 6 record. They've played the most games out of any Central Division team. They've got 18 games, like I said, 12-6. and 6. They're a game and a half up on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh continues to have the best ERA amongst starting pitchers in the National League. They can definitely thank that early season slump by the Reds' bats for that. But they're nine and six, they're a game and a half behind Milwaukee. St. Louis is two and a half behind Milwaukee at nine and eight. And Chicago is back up above the Reds. They're seven and nine now. They're four games behind Milwaukee. And the Reds are five and a half behind Milwaukee at five and ten. Now, the Reds have actually played the least amount of games of any Central Division team. So they'll be making that up soon. They do have that doubleheader coming at the end of May with the Pirates, so they will get back up on the total games that way, you know, because of that rainout that happened in the first series of the season. But as the games even out, we'll start to get a better picture of how the division is shaping out. It is funny to see the last couple of nights, the Brewers and the Cardinals have been playing, and the Cardinals haven't learned that uh, they don't need to pitch to Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich has just absolutely killed the ball against the Cardinals over the last two nights. In fact, um, Monday night, he hit three home runs off the Cardinals. And then Tuesday night, he added another against him. So it's not just the Reds that he likes to tee off on. And I know early on this season, the Reds were able to pretty much hold him in check based on what he's been able to do in the past against the Reds. But he is definitely teeing off against the Cardinals. And then the Cubs on the on, you know i mentioned that they had jumped back up above the reds in the standings and the big reason for that is they're playing the marlins the marlins just it doesn't matter who they're playing right now they are a punching bag for whoever is playing against them so it it would have been nice had the reds scheduled about 159 more games with the marlins and then you know not played anybody else they'd have been 162 and 0 maybe Possibly. Maybe the Marlins get a couple in there. But anyway, I digress. That'll be it for the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Something a little different. Tomorrow's podcast will be back to normal. I'll recap Wednesday's game as well as Tuesday night's game, which, as we speak, the Dodgers are continuing to score in the bottom of the second inning. The first two innings for the Reds have just been completely way too long in this game. Anyway. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out on social media at Locked on Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then look up LockedOnReds.com for even more content provided to you each and every day by your only daily podcast for the Cincinnati Reds. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.